This is Josh Mills. This is John Mills. Wait, what? No, 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 no. Oh, That's this not is John Mills. No, no. Am no. I John Mills? No, none of you are John Mills. John are Mills you, is Are you John Mills? <laughs> no. Last time I checked, I'm not. Are you Josh and me? Uh, I am. <laughs> I am because I'm actually Josh Mills and I've got three of my good buddies here with me this week for a beer-ish podcast. We are recording this on the opening weekend of the English Premier League season, and we are very big fans of the English Premier League here at the Acquired Tasting Podcast right now, and we are going to have a really good time. Um, kind of before I explain what we're going to do, why don't you actually go ahead and we'll go around and actually, you know, really introduce ourselves. So I've got three buddies of mine, and they're going to introduce themselves to you. So first of all... Hi, I'm Dave Madison. I've known... Josh for a very long time, and uh, somehow he still decided to be friends with me. <laughs> uh, I'm Stephen Nelson. I um, have nothing interesting to say about myself. <laughs> and I'm Kevin Shade, and I feel the same way. <laughs> yeah. The fun, well, funny part is... We're good drinking friends. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The funny part is both of those guys are the most interesting people I've ever met. So yeah, they're they're very very humble guys. But we, yeah. so we're all, like I said, we're all good friends. We love we all have played soccer on the same team for many years, and we're all we get together every year at the beginning of the English Premier League soccer, not only to enjoy the weekend, but also to help me figure out what team that I'm going to cheer for this year. That's true. Yep. So uh, we'll talk about that as we're kind of getting into the episode. But before we jump in. We have a blind from last week. We and, do. Um, Dave, my dad left an envelope. What is what was the blind from last week? Well, the note that your dad so helpfully left. John, you know I love you, but this handwriting is terrible. So I'm going to do the best I can. I believe it is a 2018 La Cour de Provence. Excellent pronunciation. Uh, I think it would be liqueur to something else because it's a Bordeaux. Okay, I don't <laughs> Not know. Not It's literally just <laughs> a P and then some squiggles. There's like, it looks like two R's, an E, a U. It's, it's a very a, presidential signature. I think yeah, it would be, right. la, I think, la cour de Provencier or something like that. I feel like there's like a that. smiley face in there. And <laughs> there is, it, is it written in wingdings? It is. <laughs> It is, yeah. Somebody okay. managed to type it. So, so John, I'm so sorry. But it was so it was a Bordeaux, and the big important thing was I got it wrong. <laughs> I did not get that one correct. I am having, I'm having a struggle with those. So, well, anyway, let's move into the fun part of this episode. So we are doing, like I said, it is a beer-ish week, and <laughs> what I told the guys was, sorry about that. so they all have teams that they cheer for in the English Premier Soccer League, and. I told them, I was like, let's do a podcast where you bring a beer or something else that reminds you of your team. And so we've got three different beverages here. And then mine, we actually play beer pong every mm -hmm. year to figure out what team I'm going to cheer for. So what we're going to do is we're going to go through these. And at the end, I'm going to blind as mine. And then after we do the blind, we're going to tell you guys what team I'm going to be cheering for this year. So uh, we'll kind of go through. Dave, why don't you tell us what you decided to bring just as your drink, and we'll, when we get into it, we'll talk about why. Gotcha. Cool. Um, well, you mentioned it's a beer-ish week, and that is my fault because these other lovely gentlemen brought beers, and I decided to bring a Negroni. 
He's the difficult you one. You are the ish. He I is am the ish. I'm the, yeah, I'm the ish. But yes, um, Negroni is my favorite cocktail. Frankly, if I'm honest, I don't understand why. It is <laughs> bitter. It's very bitter. And yet I love it. You've mentioned on the on the past uh, episodes that you know the idea of maybe being like a super taster and and right. you know, things like that. And as I understand it, super tasters are especially sensitive to bitter. Mm-hmm. That's one of the things that they can be. I think I am the opposite of that. <laughs> you have a very small bitter palate. Because yeah, everyone says Negronis are so so bitter, and for me, they're almost a little bit sweet they're definitely bitter right but they're also a little bit sweet for me and i feel like that ties in well with my team uh arsenal because we'll, we'll get into that oh, okay. as we're okay. going through my, we're just gonna kind of head. we're just gonna introduce the drinks right now gotcha. so, okay, okay. so kevin what did you bring as your drink i brought guinness Guinness. Irish stout. A good old, a good old um, standby. Doesn't really have anything to do with my club from a, you know, geographic perspective. It's just my favorite beer to go cool. with my favorite team. Cool. Yeah. And then uh, also Steven, Arsenal, by the way. Yeah. And Steven, what is your drink and what's your team? I have to drink Deschutes Black Butte. Yes, not butt. Uh, not, not a black butt. As um, much as we like to make fun of them about it. <laughs> Porter. And uh, my team is Everton Football Club. All right, cool. So we're going to start with the cocktail because Dave had to be, you know, awkward and, you know, throw something that's not a beer. And uh, then we're we're just going to kind of go down the line. So uh, let's go ahead and and get up. Cheers, boys. Cheers. 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 All right. So Dave, Dave had a Negroni and Dave, your team is uh, Arsenal. So, you know, guys, before he kind of describes it, what are you kind of smelling and tasting as you're getting into it? It's red. It is red. Yes, that is very, <laughs> very true. Red. It is a red, red. It's a red drink. Very true. It smells like kind of orangey. It's got a, a very citrusy yeah, bite to it. Um, my bitter palate must be bigger because it's very bitter for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it doesn't make any sense because, like, I, Josh, I'm with you. I do not like most IPAs. Mm-hmm. It's just too, too, too bitter. But one of these in front of me, and I'm a sad piece of clam. Like it doesn't. It makes no sense at all. But you know, can't help what what I love. Yeah, I love well, Negroni. So, Stephen, what about you? What do you kind of what do you think about it besides it being red? I mean, <laughs> it's definitely red. But I, um, I feel like I don't necessarily like super sweet drinks. Uh huh. And this one is definitely bitter. And I usually don't mind bitter, but this one is bitter in a way that I'm not, that it is different than normal for me. And I just, I don't like it at all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying that you're a terrible person and That's you've made bad life choices, <laughs> but you might want to think about that. Yes. <laughs> I'm not saying that you're just implying. That. I, I, I'm, I'm just saying that to me, there, there's not a lot redeeming in this. Um, well, I mean, you know, I would not <laughs> expect an Everton fan to really care for an Arsenal drink. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's definitely not a Liverpool drink, but yeah, yeah. There, there's there, there's a little bit of fruit to it, but it, it's kind of fruit that feels like it's gone bad a bit, mm-hmm. and not in a way that makes it better. Right. I think um, it's the Campari. The, the just Campari is 
really bitter orange. Yeah. And it's I think like, that might be what you're That's going. probably what it is. It's, yeah. it's kind of, a lot of people equate it to orange pith. So that white, pe- yeah. that white mm-hmm. part that's underneath the skin. If you were to skin, just bite through the if, skin. If you were that? to just bite yeah. it, yeah. yeah. You get that like really kind of weird sweetness and then kind of a, that extra bitterness. So yeah. this one, this is an equal parts Negroni, which most of them are. So it's one part gin. One part Campari and one part sweet vermouth. And I use the Antica sweet vermouth that I've talked about before on the podcast. So good. And because, you know, Arsenal has already lost a game this year. Are we allowed to to mute his microphone? To a newly promoted team. I don't think so. I thought that Arsenal fans would need the Royal Dock Navy Strength Gin from uh, Heyman's Heyman's Distillery from England. So It's a very good gin. It is very strong and it is very good at washing away. (laughs) <laughs> the sorrows of yesterday disappointments yeah no, <laughs> so it's good it's yeah good stuff well so um kind of as we're going into it dave why don't you tell us you know why arsenal like how did you kind of get into being an arsenal fan and then how do you think your drink kind of goes along with your club the backstory behind me choosing quote-unquote arsenal is really that guy's fault over there and i understand this is an auto medium so I'm pointing down the table at Tevin. Initially, um, when I started following English football. Manchester United. Oh, Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because we went to the Manu Wizards game. Like the last game, they were the Wizards in Kansas City. It was a shameful period of my life. (laughs) I had a jersey and everything. There are pictures to prove it. And there are pictures to prove it. There's still not. I mean, you could back out. <laughs> no, you could back I can't, out. I can't. Side. Still, I still have too much self-respect, just by a little bit, just by a little bit. <laughs> or stubbornness. Or yeah. stubbornness. Well, it's I mean, pretty much what it is. Potato, potato. Well, maybe when they get relegated, right? Jump to me. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, I was. I've followed Manchester United for a while, and um, separate from that, I started playing rec soccer with. Um, I was playing soccer with Steven and Josh on one team, and then I started on another team, and I played with uh, Kevin. That's how we met. And he found out that I followed Manchester United, did kind of the, oh, sweetie face, and was like, no. No, <laughs> oh, you can't. No. <laughs> Saturday, they're playing. Come over. I will show you the error of your ways. And I was like, pretty bold for this guy but all right fair enough yeah you're on and so i went over to his house we watched um arsenal um we drank a ton of guinness if i hadn't picked a negroni i would have picked guinness because that was kind of my earliest memory of watching arsenal games is bleary-eyed at six o'clock in the morning on his couch with a guinness trying to wake up and follow you know the offside trap and and all that stuff so (laughs) Um, so this must have been back when Arsenal was actually good for you to jump ship from yes. Man U yes, to Arsenal. Yes, a decade ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was a lot easier to uh, support them back back then. It's been a, been a minute. We're, we're falling on some hard times right now, but it's, I mean, you're familiar with the sunk cost fallacy. Like At this <laughs> yeah. point, I've cheered for him so much that I can't bring myself to, to Can't jump go. ship. So. so why do you think this cocktail in your opinion, kind of just covers why is this your arsenal cocktail? Well, we, we talked about it on the kind of the group chat that the four of us have. And frankly, to put it succinctly, um, it's red, 
It's mostly bitter, sometimes sweet, and you need two to get through again. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we should have made some for you at 6.30 this morning to get you through that game. that That was rough. Yeah, so, okay, so we know Steven absolutely hates the drink. Yes. Because. <laughs> yes. And to be fair, I knew this wasn't going to be, be a, a crowd favorite, but, you know, I got to be true to myself. Yeah. It is. And you and I have gone back and forth about <laughs> how I think it's the, the perfect cocktail, even though I can't and necessarily I, explain why. And yeah. You, you call it, what, a, a Boulevardier ruin? Yes, like I, I yeah. think I think a Negroni is a Boulevardier ruined. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> because you know Boulevardier is this same drink, but rather than gin, you use bourbon. Yeah, and I think that's a better balancing because because gin's not sweet, and you know gin gin to me is it doesn't balance this cocktail out. To me, this like kind of like Stephen said, this cocktail is out of whack. Yeah, like it doesn't feel like it. It's cohesive. It just is. I'm gonna find the bitter spot on your tongue, and boom, there it is. Yeah. So, so it's like Arsenal. Yeah, it's out yeah, of whack. Much, yeah. <laughs> out of whack. Totally unforgivable. So maybe you need to pick a different drink, bud. I can't. I can't. We we just went back over the fact that I'm I'm too deep in now. No, they, but if you picked a better drink, that might show some results on the field. You know, if it was oh, more I see what you're saying. I see what you're forward saying. thinking or, I don't know. A little more well-balanced. Goal-oriented. Goal-oriented. So if I have a better balanced drink, then Arsenal will have a better defense. Yeah, so if really you, optimistic. I, I, <laughs> you know what? I think the science bears out. I think if, I think if we used a great bottom note like bourbon... Of in this cocktail rather than gin, it might actually be a better one. And the professional you know, taster has a if, point. If you know, if Arsenal would have a better bottom half of the bottom you know half of their team, it might be a he better does, team. As much as I hate to admit it, you do have a point because it also a Boulevardier, Boulevardier um, actually makes a little bit more sense with Arsenal because bourbon is American, American much like Arsenal's owners. All right, now, so we fixed the team. We fixed the team. We fixed the team by just right. changing what drink you're having. All right, where's the bourbon? Yeah. yeah. All right, while we move it's on, all, I'm going to step there, away. Steve. I'm going to make <laughs> myself a Boulevardier. <laughs> oh, man. So, um, gosh, man. So I didn't know that soccer was how you actually met Kevin. Mm-hmm. I didn't know it was. So was it A-League? Was it A-League team? It was. That you all played, or a B-League team? I think it was actually the random Thursday night team that we play we only did it for like five games and i think the team that sounds right yeah the team kind of disapparated yeah it dissolved disapparated harry potter fans playing sunday on the pickup hangover team and i think i yeah i got folded into that somehow maybe through you i think i brought you on yeah yeah. because i I was talking to eliza eliza was the captain of the 11s team okay and i had i had played with kevin on thursday and I pulled her aside. I was like, you have got to get this dude <laughs> on the team because he just runs and runs and runs and runs and runs right. and runs. And he'll show up. I mean, that yeah. was and probably that was the other thing. And he'll show up. I yeah. had great people who wouldn't show up. Yeah. yeah. So for those of you who may not understand kind of what we're talking about, here in, in Central Arkansas, we have a, a adult rec soccer league that's co-ed. You have two basic divisions. You have 11-on-11, which is full – Full, you know, full regulation field, full soccer, you know, and it's mostly covered by guys who played at least high school and a lot of them played college, college college level. One of the guys from the professional team is still playing on it in the summertime is is, uh, extra training. From the the Rangers team? Yes. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) This is a check to why I don't play 11. 
and then we have a there's another there's another league that's seven v seven, which we play um, horizontally across the field mm-hmm. rather than the full length, and and that's kind of we've all played we all play on the team together mm-hmm. on a seven on seven team, and it's a lot more fun. It's a lot more relaxed. Or did until one one of us moved. I wasn't gonna say anything, yeah. Dave, but you bust yourself out until you I'm just getting moved. out ahead of, of Terry. It's a good PR move. Yeah. yeah so yeah. so Dave is actually a Tennessee resident. He left us all in a lurch and decided to you know follow his wife as she decided as she got a great job near her family. What a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, moved out to Nashville, but we still get together. Like I said, we get together at least once a year right. to do this. And you know, I'm I'm I say all that, but I'm happy that you're here, and it's you know great to have you on because you know we don't get to see each other very often. Yeah, happy to be here. I've but, been looking forward to this for a so, long time. So, so I actually met Dave because Dave and I went to the same high school, mm-hmm. but we ne- we didn't actually overlap because I moved in to the high school the year after his senior year. And that's correct. Yeah. So we were still in band together. So we were both in band. So we knew several people we actually met mm-hmm. through that. But and then we got on the same soccer teams. We've three teams now or just two. Yes. Well, there was the Hangover T- Blues. But THP. THP. That was. Oh, the Hangover Blues is technically. Yeah. You know, these are all the whatever it was teams for those listening. These are all the different team names in the rec league. THP was a seven v side, seven v seven side. Um, Hangover Blues was a seven v seven side. And then, Whatever. did you play with Whiskey Tango the eleven? No, I never played. I, okay. I think I like subbed in once. Okay, like on one game when so they're like, "Hey, get on the field." No, it's like, uh, okay. And then I think I think you played a little bit on the Thursday with DP with uh, like maybe once Brian, maybe once or twice. But then, you know, so yeah. that's kind of how we know each other. But we kind of really all got into this just basically because we're all real weird soccer nerds. Yeah, definitely. Well, cool. Well, Dave, is there anything else you want to tell us kind of about your club or your love fandom of it or your cocktail before we kind of switch up? I would just say for all of you that are chuckling uh, in pity at the Arsenal fandom, <laughs> just stay tuned. We'll we'll bring it around. We'll be all right in ten for, years. I mean, ever the up. Also, Daniel Eck or Eek, however you pronounce your last name. If you're listening and uh, you want to come down out of your CEO Spotify <laughs> office, please, please, please buy the club. Help, please, please. please. <laughs> At this point, it's a humanitarian effort. <laughs> Is it going to be a tax write-off? Is it a donation? Yes, it's just a donation. Just anything you can do to get them out of the Cronky Sports Group. Anything you can do. Thank you. One on, on that, and on that note, we're gonna switch to the next Arsenal fan yeah. at the table. We're but gonna to go beer. We're gonna go over to, to Kevin, beer. and we're actually gonna but get to beer, back to the yeah. beer. So, Kevin, remind us what our beer is that we're gonna take. The beer is Guinness. It's oh, brilliant. The old standby. Yes. And these are actually uh, Guinness draft cans. So it had the nitro in it. And it does everything. have the nitrogen in it, and. Frankly, don't go any other way. Don't go any other way. This is the way to enjoy it. Unless yeah. you, if you can't get it on draft, this is the way to enjoy it. Get the draft cans. Don't do the extra stouts. So, um, mm. yeah, this is really good. I mean, it's Guinness. You know, we've talked about it. It's, you know, it's kind of a little sweet on the nose, but it's got that great, because of the nitrogen, it's got that really, really kind of good 
mouthfeel on it too. It has all of the bold stout flavors, but because of the nitrogen, it's just so subtle, you know, yeah. and it's, it smooths it out a little bit. It's very smooth, you know, it's it's not really aggressive. It's kind of like my team. Uh, <laughs> they didn't always used to be this way. But, smooth you know. and not aggressive? <laughs> well, yes, exactly. Because the extra stout used to be, you know, probably yeah. The, yeah. the old arsenal. But, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. This is just one of my favorite beers. I've always, this is just what I've always picked to watch the, the team and. I don't know the the chocolate and the yeah. coffee and all those those darker notes are are what I like in a beer and it's what I've always picked to watch soccer so that's just always been my go to and yeah uh, favorite beer and my favorite club and that's just how I usually <laughs> spend my Saturday morning yeah it's, it holds a special place in my heart just because the just the first I feel like that's the first time that you and I like really really connected was you know crushing a couple of these screaming at the TV like. <laughs> at six o'clock in the morning like well you were asleep i might have been screaming yeah. at the TV. <laughs> yes okay i do have a but reputation yes. for being there a little bit late a little a, a little, little late. late a little bit late <laughs> i was a little late today you're usually quite a bit late yeah well ironically if i drive in from nashville i'm on time <laughs> well he made it today he was on time he was on time today <laughs> so kevin how did you get how did you become an arsenal follower I, when I was playing soccer in high school, I didn't really have a professional team that I followed. Uh, my coach was a big Arsenal fan. He had, he was in the Air Force. He was stationed overseas and got to following Arsenal. And at the time, Manchester United was, I mean, they were a really good team, but they were also really popular. And yeah. you guys know me. I, <laughs> I like to not go with popular thing. And I was like, you know what? Let's, let's watch uh, this team that coaches, you know, this Arsenal team. And was that- As you can see by the jersey uh, that I'm wearing, which is an old retro Arsenal jersey, Dreamcast uh, was the sponsor at the time. Uh, Sega Dreamcast, the oh god, the old the, you know uh, video fi- game console, the system. fire starter. And I was like, <laughs> "What? Sega is sponsoring this club? This this is my team." Like it was just, it was like, "Oh yeah, coach says they're good. Sega's a sponsor. How can I go wrong?" And then you you watch the you know as I was getting- just wait. Just yeah. wait, they're going to catch you go on fire. High school and things get great, and the team was really, really good to watch for you know my yeah. high school and college years. And then they were still good, but it just has been a very slow decline, <laughs> like an old man sinking into a bathtub. <laughs> <laughs> and that's uh with with the same amount of oh, <laughs> always the uh, exactly. Um, and swearing. But yeah, I mean, and I, it, it wasn't always easy back in those days to, you know, to follow a club either. I mean, you had to have Fox Soccer Channel and yeah. It, yeah. it wasn't on NBC every week like it is now. And it's, it's, it's gotten a lot easier to follow the club. And, um, the kids these days, they don't know, they don't understand how good they have it. <laughs> they don't yeah. understand the, the struggle. The, the soccer kids. You can stream it on your phone. <laughs> yeah. No, I, but like Dave, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, in your formative years, you commit to it and you have a lot of good memories tied to it. And, uh, same with Guinness, <laughs> yeah. coincidentally. And hopefully you know, not from a young age. Well, uh, a legally, <laughs> a legally responsible age. There we go. Um, but there we go. The disclaimer, the disclaimer also happens to be true, but, oh. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, that's, they're both kind of, for me, tied together, you know, yeah. I, mm-hmm. uh, came up with. Uh, the team at, at a high point and 
Guinness was always the, the beer I had, and it was, it was well. And I mean, so. you know, it's kind of true, even when you're thinking about just beers from Europe in general. You know, Kevin's a little bit older than than I am, not a, not a lot, but a few years, yeah, yeah. But that's kind of you know how the beer market was for imports. It was you know you had your few big boys that mm-hmm. were hanging out. You know, Guinness was always one of them. Bass, Harp, Heineken, you know, Heineken, maybe Rolling Rock, depending on where you're at. But you had very few choices, and so if you're trying to do that whole, you know, European thing, you're going to grab a European beer. And that, I mean, that to me, that makes sense of, you know, kind of why this is a beer that goes along with it. Now, is there anything in the, the taste of it that reminds you of your team, or is it just kind of, you know, just kind of the memories attached for me, for it's, just, it's mostly sentimental and memories, you know, attached with watching games over the years, but... You know, the, the fact that it's got that nice chocolatey milk flavor to it yeah. is, is a good bonus. Right. <laughs> it's it's easy to, to have a couple with, you know, literally with breakfast watching yeah. games over here so early in the morning. It's like it's yeah, it's not like grabbing an IPA, which has got that grab your tongue oh. flavor, you know, which, you know, or a Negroni or a Negroni, you know, it, let me yeah. let me be clear. I don't drink Negronis <laughs> at 6 a.m. in the morning. I bet if we poured you one, you would. That's beside the point. <laughs> Couldn't help but notice you haven't put that one down yet. Yeah. <laughs> you have drank more of it than any of us. It's well, the Stevens is still ready. It's Steven, my Steven, cocktail, Steven yeah. took like his. two sips and just moved it across oh, yeah. the table. I'm just waiting for him to get distracted so I can pour it into my glass. Yeah, I mean, come on, it's Steven. You if don't you have add. to distract me. I was going to say, he'll just, ha- he'll just <laughs> hand it to you. You don't have to say please. <laughs> Use manners. You just take it. <laughs> Steven, what do you think of the Guinness? I, I like the Guinness. I, I'm. I've had it before. I hadn't had the Negroni before, but I've had Guinness before, so it wasn't really a, a surprise. It is smooth. It's it's solid. It's like, like Kevin said, it's not going to jump up and bite you. Right. Um, it's kind of the, the dependable kind of stout beer. Yeah. So weirdly comforting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it. I mean, for me, it kind of you know holds that memory too. It was the first beer that I drank when I was legal. Mm-hmm. I was in Italy when I drank it with my sister. Try the gin and tonic first, and I was like, "Nope, nope, nope, nope." Can't. I'm sorry, I can't do the family drink. Not ready for that yet. <laughs> that's 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 not my thing. I can't do the family drink. And then the next one was a Guinness because it was my dad's thing. But yeah, you know, always have the fond memories of the Guinness. So, what are kind of some of yours, y'all's? Um, I guess kind of beginning stories when it comes to alcohol, kind of getting into it. Kind of what was your path into into kind of booze and cocktails? Just kind of as we're going going through this because i don't want to i don't want to speed through and kind of get through all the beers so we're gonna you know kind of talk around everything else besides soccer too yeah i'll jump in and go first just because i don't feel like i had one Um, i grew up in a family with a dad who had an alcoholic for a father and so they were like super wary of anything that remotely involved anything with alcohol yeah and i i get that totally like i that that was their decision um but when i got close to that age, I had some friends who would try a little bit of wine or, um, you know, a little bit of something. And I, you know, I was around. And so I was like, yeah, I'll try it too. And then, you know, got to be friends with Josh through my then girlfriend and eventual wife. And Josh was really excited about a lot of these things and wines and pairings and things. And so, um, I was kind of along for the ride in a lot of ways there. Yeah. And it was fun because, you know, Josh was super curious and I got to benefit from most of it. <laughs> so uh, I highly recommend finding a friend who is going to do all the legwork for you, <laughs> who will cook all the food and then you just kind of show up and uh, enjoy. 
I, I second that because not, not a lot of people know that Josh and I um, were roommates for a couple of years, something like that. In downtown yeah, Colorado. I think it was two years. And it was the same kind of scenario. Like I had never even heard of Syrah, but <laughs> Josh would bring home just these crazy things to taste. And we'd, we'd always get like a pizza or something. We'd have it together. He'd just start putting stuff in front of me like, what do you think about this? What do you yeah. think about this? What do you think about this? And most of the time, it's it was just like, yeah, piss, piss like wine, piss like wine. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's okay. But yeah. then, you know, for whatever reason, uh, Syrah really hit me. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. It was this the, is good. It was the Lovegrass Syrah. Yeah. From, yep. I remember that because I remember we went to the store. We went to the store and we're like, okay, man, we, we, we're going to go get some pizza. He's just like, what kind of pizza? We're like, Little John's. You just kind of see him. Or little or Papa John's, Papa John. and yep. you just kind of see him go. Little John's, yeah, 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 yeah. Pizza, 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 a different yeah, pizza yeah. entirely. Pizza, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no, we see we we kind of see him go like yeah. Oh, I'm just, sitting there like, let's get some Amberbach or something. But I was like, let's I was get a of wine, and it was sport. the yeah, it was the Lovegrass Syrah, and that was actually before we were living together. That's when you were oh, at it? Calais. Oh yeah. And we made all those crazy sweet shots and stuff. The oh, merry man. little shot. Oh, and the Madison. Have I told you guys about the Madison? No. Oh, the worst. No, no offense yes. to you. But, but man, now, that thing was terrible. But now it's terrible. Oh, my God. It was. So I, David was really big into Southern Comfort. Yes. Back then, right, right around when I turned 21. Thankfully, I've matured. As most 21-year-olds are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very true. And he also liked gin and amaretto. Yes. And you're weird, not, Dave. You're kind of weird, man. I, I get that a lot. <laughs> not three things you want to combine. Not three things you think you could figure out how to make go together and taste good, but somehow we came up with a cocktail that he actually liked. Damn it, we gave it a try. We sure did, and he he liked it. He actually was like, yeah, this is great. And so we wrote it down. It was in Madison. It was just like, like looking back on it, it was, it was literally all it was was Amaretto, Bombay Sapphire Gin, in Southern Comfort. So this recipe is going in the show notes. Right? <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> if I well, can still find that notebook. This is well, take off. I, so funny story. When we were when we moved from Nashville, I found that drinks notebook. Oh yeah, yeah, and it had that. It had probably four or five other just abominations. I mean, going back to now, I, I will say this: probably the best one, or the longest standing one, and I'm going to hold this one forever, is the Merry Little Shot. That was the one one redeeming so drink that we made. Yeah. It was equal parts. No, it wasn't equal parts. It was half Godiva, yep. half Bailey's. Very specific Godiva. Very oh specific yeah, it was Godiva. the dark chocolate. Yeah, it had, well, it had to be the because they have like a they have like a chocolate liqueur and then mm. they have like a chocolate cream liqueur. Yeah, and the cream liqueur doesn't layer the way right the other stuff. So does. it has to be the regular Godiva yeah. Godiva chocolate liqueur. Bailey's and then laced, laced with peppermint shot. Yeah, you just float it on yeah, the top. You can't go wrong with that. And you and That's you take Christmas. it. It tastes like Christmas. Okay t- with that. That's yeah. what it is. It tastes like exactly. Christmas. That's chocolate yes. milk so Christmas good. right there. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, everything is about it is awesome. That's like a bike you, under the Christmas tree <laughs> when you're seven years old. That's what that yep. is. Or it's, that, it's or awesome. that like rider if you, BB if you gun. make it appropriately, well, you can line them all up on a counter, and they're just these perfectly separated levels. It's very Instagrammable. Yeah. <laughs> Which this was before Instagram. Right, we did right, this. right. We're, oh, we're, just, we're yeah. just ahead of our time. Yeah. Um, but 
Man, that is a good. That we did, is a good we did shot. that. We did the chocolate covered strawberry. That one we need to put in the show notes. Yeah, yeah chocolate covered strawberry was good. What do we use for the strawberry though? <laughs> strawberry. Was it just strawberry like ground strawberry? No, oh, it wasn't crema schnapps. It was strawberry schnapps. It was that's like right, the that's right. Di- I can't. I can't even say the one. Like D E K Y whatever. Yeah, yeah. It was their strawberry, and it was basically chocolate liqueur in in that. Yeah, and <laughs> that really, was. I mean, it tasted okay, but it was it was one of those like, that's when you know you're a very young drinker. Yes, <laughs> when you're going after that kind of stuff. Not a whole hell of a lot. Of I don't nuance. think there's a lot wrong with that though, yeah. because you're exploring and you're yeah. finding out what you like. You yeah, know? And you, you're gonna make some. I wouldn't call them mistakes, but you're gonna find some things you don't like. Right, you're well, developing your palate. Yeah, I mean, well, you're having an adventure with it, and as long as you're not throwing it in somebody's face, then it's probably okay. Yeah. Well, and the difference, too, is that, you know, the way that we were kind of doing it, we were, it's so much, it's it's so easy to get into the, especially when you're when you're young mm-hmm. um, in the drinking scene, is to drink alcohol to get drunk. Right. As opposed to figuring out what tasting notes are, and how to pair them, and why a daiquiri works you know you know stuff like stuff like that actually focusing on the taste of things and that's what we were doing is we were putting just nonsense together (laughs) and trying to figure out trying to learn and figure out like what works what doesn't you know and and really really being mindful about it i think that as far as alcohol and this is kind of i guess getting into my story a little bit is alcohol for me has always been not not something to get drunk or to, you know, forget, yeah. you know, your problems or, or anything like that. Trust me, I totally get it. But I think for me, it was never that. It was always just, it's, there are flavors that you just cannot replicate without alcohol, except for, you know, vodka. But, right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, you know, try and you're seeing it a lot now with the zero proof movement. You know, mm. a lot of people are trying to do that kind of teetotaling. Like, here's how you make a drink that doesn't have any alcohol. This is yeah. our substitute for gin. This is our substitute for bourbon. Right. And as good as those things are, they do not taste the same. There's something about the actual distillation process that is yeah. that it that it's it's different. It may it it makes. I don't even think it makes, I mean, an actual flavor, but there's something about about it that just triggers things differently. And, and maybe it's the solution rate or the, the well, esters or the, things like that. There's a lot are, more biology happening than just making alcohol. The, there's, you know, you've got these organisms that are, you know, combining and living their lives out and producing these products. And uh, it's not just that they're outputting alcohol. They're outputting a lot of other yeah. compounds and things, too, that have mm-hmm. influence on the flavor. And so it's not just, you know, the kind of barrel you put it in, how long you let it sit there. Yeah. It's, there, there's a lot of biology happening, too, that also involves alcohol. Right. And, and so to mimic all those <laughs> other things way it, yeah. and just <laughs> take, alco- take out the alcohol is going to be really, really difficult. And, you know, for the people that want to do that, I say that's great. Keep going. But, you know, don't be surprised if that's really difficult to do. Yeah. Or it's like vegan cheese. Like, there's something about the actual product that makes the thing that you're trying to mimic that you, you can't find anywhere else because it's a particular product that makes it. That makes it. So, 
Yeah. You know, so talking about the zero zero alcohol movement, you know, there are people who who try and mimic liquors and don't distill. But then there yeah. there's actually a, a slight movement now that takes distilled products and then somehow removes the alcohol out of it. Interesting. I wonder if they so just boil it off or something. I don't I don't I I think it I don't think it's I don't think it's that I don't because that would concentrate all the flavors and everything yeah. too much. But there, there's some process that they do that actually like will remove the alcohol from from the product. So they're getting some of those products that are made by alcohol, and then in post they they remove it out. Mm-hmm. And, I didn't realize this was a movement that yeah. was going. I didn't realize yeah. this was. I think a lot of it. Uh, well, it was it was already in place before COVID, but I think it's recently gotten a, a resurgence. Yeah. Just as as drinking at home has gotten a resurgence too. Sure. There's a, a certain subset of people that have been stuck at home right. and have realized, oh, shit, I should not be drinking this much. <laughs> right. But I love my Negroni or right. my Martini Nobody or whatever. Nobody says that. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, you know, hipsters would say that. What? Yeah. <laughs> or, you know, insert whatever cocktail you want. <laughs> but there... Listeners, as Steven I'll be generous. Stephen uh, is handing me his his cocktail right now. I, I could see Dave's was a little low there, so I and that is the sound of me pouring it into my glass. Oh my god! Trying to be a good friend there, Dave. Cheers to you. Always looking out for me. Um, good thing he's not a Liverpool fan. Oh, <laughs> well, spit in it. That would yeah, it would have. I would not have drunk it. If, well, they wouldn't be sitting on the same side of the well, table. True. That's true. That, that's, yeah, yeah. that is true. We wouldn't have gotten this far in without a fight. But yeah, so um, it was kind of a natural progression because before the pandemic, especially on the coast. So here in Arkansas, we're about five-ish years behind most most trends yeah. in the alcohol industry, and there was a movement um, on the coast about maybe three or four years ago to to go to low alcohol cocktails. Mm-hmm. So cocktails that used a lot of juice or that used um, water, like an americano is mm-hmm. or light or that like. That's why that's one of the resurgence of Campari, because Campari is is an alcohol, but relatively low. It's relatively low. Aperol spritzes, those sorts of things, like mm-hmm. those came back into vogue. I guess now that you say that, I, I recognized a lot more like low or no yeah. alcohol beer. Yeah, being and advertised. That's another yeah. one that's so I, really I guess big maybe, now. Okay, and I so guess maybe it I was a it, it was a progression into that into that space. Okay, and alongside of that was the seltzer movement. Yeah, because Seltzer mm-hmm. looked at and say, "Okay, well, we're gonna go after the locale market, truly. Mm-hmm. White Claw like truly, like yeah. White Claws, yep. truly, and then everything after that." Yeah. Everybody had a Seltzer, yeah. yeah, and everybody still has a Seltzer. There's a rumor Mountain Dew's gonna put out a Seltzer next summer. Oh no! Well, hold on just, now. Just That's gonna no. taste hold like on. Mountain Dew. Hold on now. <laughs> but yeah, so there's. So there's, you mean I can drink Mountain Dew and stay up and be drunk? I don't know if it's gonna have caffeine. No, I don't want it then. I'm not sure if it's going to have caffeine because I actually haven't seen caffeinated alcohol. For local. Yeah, for local. Well, make wise choices, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> make better Vodka choices. Vodka Red Bull is a thing. <laughs> yeah. Yes, that's, that's why. True. That's why that upper and a downer that's, just kind of That's like a, with you. a break glass in case of emergency <laughs> cocktail. So, Kevin, what about you? What was kind of your, your story into alcohol? Oddly enough, it still comes back to Guinness. Yeah. Not for any, I mean. I like the consistency. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm simple, but you know, uh, 
I grew up in an Air Force family, and um, mm-hmm. fun fact about the Air Force, they like to drink a lot. <laughs> and so you, you see that as a kid, and then you're like, these people are crazy, and you're not going to do that. And then you become an adult, and you're like, oh, alcohol's not so bad, but you know, you, you drink cheap beer, and you're uh-huh. like, well, this isn't great. Right. But then you try something that's you know kind of, you know, like you said, oh, this is a European beer, and you try a Guinness, you know, it's a fancy beer. It's like, this tastes like chocolate milk. This is amazing. And so, you know, that kind of, I mean, in a way it did flavor my, you know, uh, coming of age and drinking right. as you will. And, yeah. and uh, once I had tried Guinness, that kind of sparked me to try then everything and mm-hmm. every kind of, you know, mortar yeah. and stout and uh, the, the triple box and right. crazy stuff, you know, in, you know, you, you, like you said, you start to develop your palate and find out what you like. And then long story short, you come back to your, your old favorite and it's like, yeah. hey, you know what? Maybe the, yeah. the, the, this was always my favorite all along. But, and I don't know. But for me, yeah, it uh, Guinness was one of the first like, you know, fancy beers right. that I had tried. And so uh, is it the same with you guys? Because, you know, doing this and like you said, trying to expand your palate and trying new stuff that comes into market. I forget about a lot of beers that I really like that are mm-hmm. just beers that are always available. And then like, I'll go back to it and I'll taste them. And like, yes. Yep. Yeah. That I remember that I yeah. really like that beer. The one mm-hmm. downside of this really explosion of the, you know, the brewery explosion that yeah. we've, you know, kind of all kind of come up through the last 10 or 15 years yeah. where we go from like a thousand breweries in the country to five or whatever it is. Yeah, like it's, it's, tons, it's crazy. Man. You do, you forget about all the crazy good stuff that you've tried because the distributor pulled up in your market and you can't get it anymore or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of good stuff out there. Cause you know, we were talking, you were talking this morning about the, the Einger celebratory. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about that cause we were talking about Oktoberfest and that kind of thing. You're like, mm-hmm. Oh, that, that one. And you know, it had the little goat. And I was like, man, I have not had an Einger celebratory <laughs> in quite a while. It's such a good beer. I need to, I need to circle back to it. But with the, you know, the seasonal rotation and everything new, it's just like, well, I want to try this new beer. Right. And, but there's a lot of really good stuff. What do I do? I can't drink it all. Yeah. yeah. It just kind of gets to the point of where it's just, where it's kind of really tough and you have to kind of make those wise decisions. And, you know, Dave being in Nashville, he asks us every time he comes into town, he's like, all right, boys, who wants beer order? <laughs> like. Or even liquor. Yeah. I, I still am astonished that you guys, none of you wants Bellamy bourbon. It's awesome, but well, I mean, what's? I, I'm not saying I don't want Bell. We can get <laughs> Bellmead here. Can you? Okay. Oh yeah, Bellmead's available. Okay. It, the well, prices that, are going to be different though. Yeah, probably. Just because of the tax rates, but I'm right. well, that gonna, makes sense. So I no one wants it. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, one thing, one thing that you know he used to ferry across the border was jackalope. Yeah, but Jackalope is now available in Arkansas. Yeah, which I found like, out yes. today. By the way, we were Stephen and yeah. I were in the liquor store getting your blind, and uh, I I was at the end of the aisle and I was like, "Holy shit, they have Jackalope here! Yeah. I didn't know that." Yeah, it's been like within the last three or four months that Jackalope is coming. Yeah, coming to our market. Jackalope is a Nashville brewery. That's that's yeah. really really it's good. Really good. If you if you have it in your uh, in your area, get. Um, Lovebird, it's like a fruited ale. Yeah. Oh my god. Uh, what's the it's what's the so good. what's the bear one? The maple the maple one. Oh, that one I don't know. That one is really good. We had okay. that. Jordan and I had that the other day. 
I'll it I'll take really a good. I'll keep a lookout for that one. That one I haven't seen. So the the because of COVID, um, their normal tap room closed down. It was just off of Eighth and Division, I believe, downtown, which is over by my uh, my in laws. We go down there a fair amount, and um, my wife and I were down there a couple weeks ago. Yeah, and we we're gonna duck in there for for a beer in between, you know, uh, commitments, I guess. and Big old sign on the door that says, "Sorry, we're we're closed. Please keep buying our stuff in the stores, but man, our our tap rooms closed for the time being." And it's just it was heartbreaking, man. Yeah, that's the that's been the tough thing for like tasting adventures, you know. Because mm-hmm. I've even heard of like you know, wine wineries closing their their tasting rooms uh-huh. when they have offsite tasting rooms. They're having to close them because you know, I mean, the tourism is down because you know you're it's a, having a hard time traveling. Yeah. And so that tourism is gone and then, you know, the tasting room is closed. And, the, and, you know, those are the ones that like when I would go out to wine country or even when I would do like beer stuff, it's like, oh, hey, look, there's a brewery. It's tiny. Let's stop. Let's try and figure that out. Oh, God, this is amazing. Yeah. Sometimes those are the best ones. Yeah. yeah. And let's, you know, and then you like bring stuff back and, you know, it's sad that a lot of that is starting to close now. Yeah. At least to me. Well, all right, boys. Are we ready to head to the Black Butte Porter? Yes. And then Steven, Steven Nelson, tell us about your beer and your club. So do I, if you poured your Negroni into my glass, do I get to pour my drink into yours? You got to give me a minute to uh, drink it. Fair enough. Drink uh, out. There are also two cans and, of uh, it. Yeah. <laughs> there are also two more so cans. <laughs> let me make some progress and we'll see. Uh, so do I need, should I start by explaining why I've picked oh, Everton really and then move into. That's whatever you want, man. Okay. We'll go chronologically then. Okay. So about five years ago, um, you know, we we were all playing soccer together. Dave and Kevin were following Arsenal, and they're like, "Hey, you know, basically, you need to pick a team to follow, a Premier League team to follow." Because I wasn't following any MLS teams in the states. I wasn't really following anything outside of the U.S. either. I was just used to you know not having Fox Soccer and you yeah. know not having a way to follow a team, and so um, it just wasn't really an option. But times have changed, and you know, could watch a game every weekend, and so I started watching. You know, uh, every Saturday morning, I'd get up and watch a different team or a different pair of teams every week play, and I was also you know trying to not just jump a bandwagon and say, okay, well, who's the best? <laughs> Who can <laughs> yeah. we, we go win with and have fun with? Yeah, I, like I want to do. Um, some people did with Manchester United. Yeah, hey, Leicester. Well, Leicester was big at that. We don't time, judge right? you. Uh, what Le- Leicester was Leicester big at the time, but I also understood that they weren't normally up where they were. Sure. I think that yeah. might have been the year they won the league. But every time someone mentioned them, they're like, you know, this team came out of nowhere and was suddenly winning. So I, I knew that, you know, that they weren't, you know, a perennial favorite to win the league. And so I was basically looking for a team that I could be proud of, you know, a team where the players were working hard, um, that I wasn't like ashamed to be associated with some of the players. Because in any professional sports league, you have guys who are a little full of themselves and they're not afraid to let everybody know how great they think they are. Man City. Well, and... And not even with Man City. Arsenal. Um, the, the one that I had in mind was uh, Chelsea with yeah. Diego Costa. Oh, tell, oh, that's right. That was like that, that, that was, was a standout example of Diego just Costa. what I didn't want to follow. 
was yeah. the guy that was just kind of embarrassing to be associated with because he thought the entire world was unfair. But as soon as the referee looked the other way, you know, he was shoving the other guy to the dirt or yeah. biting them. Take what he can get. Or biting them, yeah. yeah. <laughs> was that during the Marino years? Yeah. Yeah, that was Jose was, Marino. Okay. Yeah. And so that, that, that was what I tried to stay away from. And, um, you know, had watched Everton play a few times and had watched a few other teams and was probably among three or four that, you know, worked hard that I could respect and be proud of and not, you know, be ashamed of associating with. And then Dave pointed me to a kind of a survey form that a radio station was doing in New York. It was a podcast, yeah. You, you remember was, the podcast? It was Men's with Blazers, wasn't it? No, it, no. Was, um, oh. it was an ESPN podcast called Caught Offsides. Still, oh, okay. still there, by the way. I don't know if you want to. Do a I mean, shout out or whatever. Yeah, if you're a but, soccer fan, go ahead and give a was it caught off sides from ESPN. Caught off, caught off sides, yeah. Uh, Andrew Dundling and JJ Devaney. Um, they're they're very very good. Cool. Yeah, and they had this survey that was you know this kind of off the wall way of you know we'll, we'll pick your Premier League team for you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Just tell us you know what you would wear on a first date and what's your favorite food and what's another sports team that you follow. Do you prefer jeans or a suit? There of? was there was something yeah. about like working class or mm-hmm. there was something about do you prefer like hanging with a working class or the the white collar or something yeah or something yeah. like that yeah. I remember, there, I remember so, that question yeah things they're, that they're help a fan yeah on the outside you wouldn't think are related to soccer at all but kind of point back to what you know you're interested in what you would enjoy you know the kind of culture of the club that you're looking for and uh so i'd figured why not i'll fill it out they won't mention it but um i'll fill it out and see if anything happens and then like two months later, Dave texts me and he's listening to this podcast. And he's like, you've got to listen to this podcast and at this minute in time, Mark, and they pull up yours. And so he wouldn't tell me which one it was. Um, so I had to go, you know, I downloaded the podcast and I listened through. And sure enough, they, they read up my name. They read the questions and my answers to it. And they yeah. sat back and said, this guy needs to be an Everton fan. And so I was like, you know, that's, that's one that I looked at. They, they look good. I'm going to watch them one more time and make sure. But... <laughs> That was it. I, I look good in blue. I mean, yeah. as well. I, I, I'm here got, in blue. They've got good references. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I think I can go for this we, team. We had a thorough interview process. <laughs> and and so, I, was, I was at the, the ad agency at the time, and I, oh, in the middle right. of the day, in the middle of the office, I lost my mind because I was listening to their podcast, and they were like, all right, so we've got one from Stephen Nelson from Mayflower, Arkansas. All right. Uh, and they started reading through, and I was yeah. like, Oh my God! <laughs> I know that guy. Yeah, you and did. That's that's right. Then when I texted you. Yeah, yeah, because I, I fully expected to send this thing off and never hear about it again. Oh, of course, yeah, yeah. But you know, they they came through. They they read it out, and you know, fair to it that I it's it's a club that I can really respect for the effort that the players put on on the field, ninety mm-hmm. percent of the time. But also, they're off the field. You know, the the way they help in the community, uh, the effort that they've made. Towards yeah. you know uh, elevating and you know making good for mental health for the the people around them, I, I've been able to be really proud of. Yeah, their, yeah. their current CEO of the club came from their you know Everton in the community uh, association. Oh, I didn't know that. that she she wasn't a footballing hire. She That's rose awesome. up from and the community a she. Side. Yes, which is also odd. And she's awesome. And so you know I, I've been super happy with Everton, and you know. They finish in the middle of the table sometimes, but I, I'm never, you know, feeling like I have to hang my head for the quality of the club. Maybe for the quality of the soccer some days, but that that will always ebb and flow. Um, yeah, yeah. 
Well, well the the work rate there is, and I, I think all four of us kind of harp on that a little bit as yeah. amateur soccer guys. Is the one thing that drives us all crazy is highly paid professionals that are walking on the field. It yes, drives yeah. us all bananas, and that's something that just does not happen at Everton. Yeah, they work hard. As far as I've been able to see, they not are, often. And when if there is a player that you know, that isn't working hard, that every person in the stadium lets them know. Yeah, he gets yeah. tuned up real quick. Yeah, they, they they hear about it, and it's it's not accepted. Yeah. Um, and so that, that's that been something that I've been really happy to see. As, as a guy that plays on Sundays and, mm-hmm. you know, isn't a professional, I can sympathize with not hitting the perfect pass every time, you know, right. and, and missing or not seeing something that I should technically. But... I'm going to run and I'm going to try to yeah. do everything that I can. Yeah. So Steven, why don't you go ahead and drink a little bit of your beer? Cause you've been talking a lot and we've been drinking while we're kind of getting into it. And so, so kind of one of the things that if you, if you want to follow a club and you kind of want to pick one, you know, kind of think about what Steven's talking about. And it's not always about the players in the field because you know, what Steven just described about the club and their community is really important and it's big when it comes to English premier soccer. I, I, I think you guys might agree with me with that. Cause mm-hmm. You know, they aren't, it's not just a silo. It's not for, for English soccer. It's, it's very different. They're very community driven. They're very locally run, locally organized. Yeah. I mean, what, no. there's about eight clubs in London alone. And there's like neighborhood driven, you know, Everton's one of the ones that's a little bit on the outside, but so it's like the town of Everton really gets behind. And I just think it's Sheffield. Oh, uh, was it Sheffield? No. Can, can I back you up for a second? Yeah. There isn't a town. Of well, that's right. So they're, they're, in they're a neighborhood. That's right. Yeah. They're a little they're section within side. Liverpool. Yeah. That's right. But I think of the Blades. Yeah, uh, Sheffield. Sheffield. Sheffield United. You know, mm-hmm. they, they like rally around because they're, they're one of the ones that's like a working class community. Mm-hmm. That is, yes. you know, they work real hard. They play real hard. And they, they rarely rally around their team. So it's really important to kind of, when you're thinking about your club, if you're going to kind of do like pick one and just go. Really think about and kind of look at the area and what the club does in the community besides just the playing on the field, because I think that's really important yeah. too. With especially modern, modern clubs. Yeah. Well, and what I like to do when I explain, you know, European soccer, because it's not just in England, but it, it's a good example of it, is that you know in the U.S. we have a lot of, like, the, there's a minor league baseball team everywhere. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because baseball is a, a lot more in in our culture and our history. Yeah. And so like. Everywhere has some tie to a local baseball team if you're going to go out and look for it. And so imagine if your local baseball team could go on a run of a few years and move up out of, you know, single A into double A into triple A and then make it to the majors. And so that's what these teams like a Sheffield United have seen their, you know, local club do. Mm -hmm. They've started off in these lower leagues. And because of the, the way the football pyramid is done, if you win your lower league, then you get to move up to the bigger league next year. Yeah. And so you get to take those players with you a lot of the time Mm -hmm. and try to see, okay, well, can we stay in that league? And there's usually more sponsorship money. So you have a little bit more to work with. And so bigger league means more money. And so you can bring in players that are uh, a little better. And so, you know, it's kind of the dream with all these communities that they're, you know, small local club is going to make it to one of the big yeah. leagues. And so as much as we kind of, you know, watched Arsenal lose to Brentford yesterday, they're also kind of one of those clubs that has been on the lower leagues for a while. And Brentford, that is. Yeah. Brentford, That's yes. Right. Yeah. Not Brentford, Arsenal. Uh, 
yeah, and, and I can say this not being an Arsenal fan, but Brentford is a team that hasn't been in the top tier since the 30s, yeah. like the 1930s. Right. Yeah. It didn't and so, look like it yesterday, that's no, for sure. Right. They it it, it didn't because they've, they've grown and they've improved. And, you know, you could tell every fan in the place, you know, was kind of living a dream that they got to come in and play yeah. with the big dogs. They're and at, they're finally, something to show for they're it. They're finally at a Premier League game. They're and in their town, they've walked you know, most of them probably have walked to the club and then they sucker punched one of the big boys, yeah. They did and put them and put yeah. them down on the mat and dig him up and they outworked them exactly. Yeah. And I think that's one of the the joys. And I know this, I know this is technically a, a tasting this podcast, yeah, a, uh, podcast I'm still tasting this, this beer. Is, this, this, yeah. <laughs> it's delightful. This I know we the, haven't talked about it yet, but it's great. But but Josh put us in front of Mike, so we're going to talk about fine. soccer. That's one of the the really, really wonderful things about soccer slash football slash whatever you want to call it is the the aspirational aspect of it. Yeah. Like it is it is the stuff out of a fairy tale that some dentist that is good at goalkeeping mm-hmm. can be in a little a little town in England and with the right circumstances the right luck the right players around him they can go up through a league yeah and then another league and then another league until they're playing in the premier league amidst the the world's best yeah. and they have the chance to play among europe's best and yeah. they're just you know five years ago ingolo conte is Jimmy a Vardy. Per- perfect example of that mm-hmm. jimmy vardy is another yeah. one these these guys have come from nothing right and through a a system is uh, a system design and i know there's some uh, it's imperfect but it's some it's imperfections yeah. yes but a system is designed to promote merit yeah. and relegate mediocrity mm-hmm. it's incredibly moving to watch i think it'd be interesting for us to get together sometime and talk about how because we we've talked about this off air before, and you yeah. know, arm you know, armchair analysts as always, but I think it'd be interesting to get us in front of a mic and talk about the promotion relegation system and how it would work in America in the MLS, yeah. and if it, if it even could. The only way it could, could, the way that it's currently structured, is if the MLS owned all of the tiers, right? And that mm-hmm. it was you know a silo of oh MLS one, MLS two, MLS three, right? Yeah, it, it seems it, the way that it's structured now with the ownership, and, yeah. And the well, it's incentives. It's, it's too much of a franchise model, like exactly. NFL, yeah. And, yeah. And, 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 I, and it's geared think, towards the ownership, and yeah, it, and it would, and but you, it could be done. Yeah, it just it and, would be different from what's currently and that's why, in and that's play. why everyone. Everyone that normally <laughs> listens to this podcast has just, just yeah. left. They, they've turned off a while ago. Well, and, and so I apologize. I'll, I'll try to bring so, it back. Yeah, so I was going to say, okay, that's like this. That's going to be an entire podcast in and of itself. Yeah. We're all drinking cocktails we like. That'll be a spin and, on. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Just unending hate it's, for the it's always, yeah. it's always going to be on Dave. So, Stephen, why this? Yeah, why this and porter? Say, well, one more point before I do that okay. um, to try to try to bring that back is that you know just like these these teams all have communities around them all of these breweries yeah. and distillers have communities around them oh that's a great point and yeah. so i did not make you can learn a lot about an area by yeah. drinking what comes out of that area yep. you know I, I know we've you've talked a lot on the podcast about you know different parts of france and california and oregon and you know spain and you know what a 
community, what an area right. produces can tell you a lot about that community. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I had never had tequila until I went to Guadalajara and had tequila <laughs> had from really Jalisco. Good tequila. But then and you had tequila. It was had amazing. really good tequila. Yes. Real tequila. I, I had good tequila. And so when I came back to Arkansas and told people like, I like tequila and <laughs> They had no idea what I was talking about. <laughs> they're like, and always tra- terrible okay. tequila. And then you Jose. tried the tequila and you're like, no, not that. And I was like, no, Next no, no. Place. What is, what is this? Let swell? me take you with me back there. And, and I'm lucky that. that I got out of there right before the uh, pandemic, pandemic started. That's right. So, you know, j- just as there are community football clubs, there are community breweries and yeah. distilleries, and we can learn a lot about those. Yeah, I, think, I think breweries should make jerseys to learn. Well, I, I, you know, I, I would be very, so step into just a toe into the, discussion about the promotion relegation league how cool would it be for mls or whomever decided to like take over to partner with local breweries and local distilleries and say you're going to be our sponsor that'd be awesome like let's let's create some kind of partnership and let's figure out your community and what works best for you i I think that'd be cool but anyway that's like i said different discussion yep so So, why why the black porter steven so Josh put out this idea of, you know, hey, we're, we're going to do a podcast that weekend. You know, it'd be great if we could do drinks about or that remind you of your teams. And, and so I kind of put this text back to the group. So, you know, I've been trying to to figure out, you know, what what, what would be an Everton beer? Um, because I couldn't find anything brewed in Liverpool that I could get here. And so I was thinking, you know, do I need something with like a toffee flavoring? Because, you know, one of the nicknames for Everton is the toffees. Do I need something with like a sweet beginning and then like a bitter aftertaste? Because whether you're going to a game or a season, it, it seems like there's always a lot of hope and optimism for what could be. And then at the end, almost inevitable disappointment. <laughs> <laughs> and I can say Which that. Which is very true. Welcome. <laughs> yes. well, welcome to the club. I, I found that's a shared experience. But... Um, <laughs> For most of us. Except for, for most me of us. last year, number yeah. four, just saying, man, you. Yeah, we we'll And so, you know, something with the sweet beginning and a bitter aftertaste or, or something that was respected traditionally, but lately lacking recognition. And I say that because Everton was one of the original ah. teams that formed the Football League back in like 1880 something. Yeah. The, the okay, club yeah. was founded in 1878. Like they, They've been around a long time. So and they've they've won things, yeah. Way before I started following them, <laughs> yeah. the, the last time they won anything was like the mid '90s. They're a very historical club. Yes, has, yeah. The, there's yeah. a lot of history there, but mm-hmm. not a lot of current success. Right. And so I, I put this out, and, and David came back and said, "I hear you saying Porter, Porter, Porter." And not having had a lot of porters, I had to go try some. Oh, darn. uh, Deschutes was one of the ones I tried. And I was like, you know, this fits. I could could see this, you know, something that has has kind of a a sweet beginning, but but bitter on the back. And um, I think Josh was saying that the the brewery that put it out Mm -hmm. had a lot of really high expectations around it before it came out. Right. And then when people got a hold of it and started tasting it, they're just kind of like, eh, yeah, maybe the hype was a little higher than yeah. it. Especially when it, especially when it came into the market. Like I love Deschutes Brewing. Let me tell you this. I'm just going to say this straight. Deschutes is fantastic. Yeah. This is a very, very solid porter. But in the world of porters, it's a very medium. It's a very medium porter. Yeah. It's solid. It's got all the flavors you want. But it's just kind of like, 
It's great. There are better. There are worse. It's not it's just like good. this it's solid. Porter won the Porter game. Exactly. This is a Porter that came in, put a solid performance, and you know didn't didn't wow anybody. <laughs> it's got but a it's, lot of similar flavor yeah. notes of the Guinness, though. Yeah, I mean, it it's, does. It's got the chocolate, the malt, the, the yeah, dark bitter, you know, and you know, roasted flavor. Porters are very traditionally. It's a traditional English beer. Yeah. yeah, you know, it actually it came from England and you know around the Thames area, and you're working a working class beer. It was mm-hmm. actually kind of more the working class beer when it when it started because it was kind of a byproduct of stout making. Yeah, you oh, could you, you could get that. it to you could get it to market faster than you could get a stout to market. So you could get it and pump it through, and it actually hit the working class a lot better. And that's why that you have like so Baltic porters are actually in in some beer terms you would look at it as an imperial porter or a strong porter, mm-hmm. and then you get a double strong porter is a stout. Okay. Oh, so they're all wow. they're all kind of okay. in the, they're all kind of in the same family, but a porter, the porters, who are people who are send messages right. or working yeah. like, or is kind of who this beer was named after. Gotcha. Poor man stout. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. kind of it's kind of a it's kind of a poor man stout. Listeners, yeah. this is the content that you came for. Yeah. You're yeah. welcome. If you're still I'm with glad us, you stayed. <laughs> <laughs> we are very happy that you're still here. But you know, I I totally understand that because, like I said, this is a great. It's a it's a very, very good porter. Let me let me just say that very strongly. Yeah. It's not a bad porter. There's, it's not a porter that's going to get relegated this season. It is not. <laughs> it is definitely going to be one that if you if you like porters, you're going to crack it and you're going to be like, okay, yes, this is a this solid is porter. Solidly fifth place. And if you're not if you're not <laughs> if you're not a big porter fan, but you like darker beers and you crack it, you're like, okay, this is actually pretty good. It's good. Yeah, yeah, I like it. It's got I like more it better weight than Negroni. Bologna, Negroni, Bologna, definitely the bologna. Please, please tell me there's some sort of Italian is there like, investor shirt in Arsenal? <laughs> bologna. Is there? Is there? I think we have like the the title of this episode. It's going to be anything but the Negroni. No, it's going to be called something. Negroni Bologna. <laughs> Negroni Bologna. There, yeah, there it is. There it is. There it is. Okay, welcome to the Negroni Bologna. <laughs> That's okay. I'll take the hit. That's fine. But anyway, so but but for people who who like stouts or like really heavy beers, you know, this one is you can take and drink because this is actually, to me, on my palate, it's actually heavier than the Guinness. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it, it sits on your palate a little bit yeah. heavier. Yeah. And it's not only because this is not nitro, but it also just has a little bit of extra weight to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It has that kind of chewy, chewiness. Dryness almost, like mm-hmm. a like a, mm-hmm. a, a dry red wine would have. It's yeah. a very similar kind That's of That's great. Yeah. 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 And it's that, you know, it's some of that kind of, but it's got that nice little bittering, but it's still a bit of sweetness to it. So, I mean, I I love this beer. I like, like it. I absolutely love this beer. And when Stephen, when we were talking to Steve, was trying, was like, I really hope he picks this beer. Yeah. <laughs> I really hope he picks this one. Nah. Yeah. <laughs> he forgot to bring it. <laughs> no, well, then he well he he redeemed himself. He went and got yeah, some. He yeah. came through. It came just through like Everton in the end. Yeah, just it's, like everything. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting to me uh, as far as as far as just a beer because it's tough. And this is, granted, I don't have the palate that you do, but when I when I taste, and you were you were kind of chuckling at me off, you know, off mic, <laughs> yeah. I guess, because I took a sip of this and I was like, oh, yeah. wow, this is really good. But I was worried that you'd kind of come to me and be like, what do you taste? I can't, I can't explain why yeah. this is good i can't pick out like chocolate or coffee or anything like that 
I just know that this is a really, really tasty porter. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And for me personally, that kind of adds to the allure to it. Like, I like the fact that I can't, can't figure it out. I can't explain it. I'm yeah. I'm at a loss for what makes this good. I just know that it is. Yeah, right. And I definitely pick up the coffee in it. But after that, like the, the rest of it is feels like a mystery to me. And I, you know, maybe out of ignorance, think that that lends to some of the balance in it yeah. is that it's not super one thing or another. Right. Um, there's some coffee to it because, you know, as far as I know, it, it's a porter and that it's almost required. But <laughs> based on the malt structure, the, the, it's going to be there. There's nothing else that's yeah. jumping up and taking over. Yeah. Right. It's just, it's just a good. I, I, that's all I can say. It's, it's really, really tasty. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we're going to go ahead and head into the blind. And I'm going to blind the beer this week, which I have actually never done on the podcast before. My dad has always blinded the beers. This can oh, no, only I take end back. well. I've done one. I've only done one when he came back from Montana. But I'm going to be blinding the beer, and I'm going to explain why this fits with my club aspect as I'm blinding. So we'll get that poured up, and we'll uh, we'll get it going. All right. So we are getting into the blind now. And so, like I said, so I'm going to be blinding this week. Steven and... Dave actually picked this beer for me. It's not one that my dad left. So I'm going to go ahead and blind this. And afterwards, we'll talk about why that I am doing a blind as my club and kind of how we got into that. All right, here we go. So uh, I'm actually not using a tasting grid this week. I am just going to go ahead and go through this beer because basically because... the seat of his pants. (laughs) Basically because it is, you know... 420 right now and i've been drinking since about nine this morning 8 30 this morning yeah and i don't really feel like going through a tasting grip but you know my dad my <laughs> dad 420 you- josh what do you feel like doing <laughs> uh not that <laughs> this is not that kind of podcast there are some out there but my dad usually does the deductive beer tasting method um tasting sheet from a certified cicerone and a sommelier which you can find online all right so this beer is Super clear, like I could read a newspaper through through the glass. It is the color on it is very pale yellow. Yeah, it's ve- it's very pale yellow. Um, there's not really kind of. If I were gonna do a secondary color like I do with wine, maybe a little bit of greeny greenness to it. But I think some of that may be the byproduct of there's grass on the other side of the window that I'm looking through. Um, <laughs> I, I wouldn't say that. I'm sitting yeah. on the opposite side of the table and I can kind of see a yeah. little bit too. But it's very golden. It reminds me of wheat. It's kind of what I'm thinking about. Like wheat fields from being back in Kansas. So the uh, on, this, on the nose, it's a, it's a clean smelling beer. There's a little bit of kind of like a, a light funkiness to it. But it's, it's definitely um, going to be more of a grain driven beer. On this, you can kind of get some light um, wheat and not really much hop on it or really kind of like barrel aging or anything like that to it. And it's got a little bit of like a, like a funk to it, but not like a bad funk, but just kind of that, that smell that reminds me like, it's almost like a fermentation smell that reminds me of beers that come from Europe. God, this is brutal. Like on this end because mm-hmm. we know what it is mm-hmm. and all this stuff you're saying is like oh yeah that makes sense yeah 
the the head on it dissipated very quickly. Yeah, and that was a heavy pour too. We give you one that had a lot of head, yeah. and it went <laughs> and away. It, and it went away between the kitchen and the table. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so it's really light. It's got some of those like very cereal grain notes. Kind of reminds me of like Honey Nut Cheerios, so kind of a honey wheat, honey oat mm. kind of flavors. Little bit of kind of a almost like a light tropical fruit or like a light banana y to it, which kind of keys me, like I said, when it came to the old old funk on the nose. <sighs> old old um European funk. Kind of on the nose, kind of is hinting me more in that direction and even kind of guiding me to thinking like Pilsners and some of those thuns that, um, Hells and those kind of styles that have some of that, um, particular yeast that, that kind of gives off that kind of flavor. Yeah. It's super light, very easy to drink. Alcohol on this is probably going to be pretty dang low. Um, I'd say you could, this almost like a lawn mowing beer. I was got a lot just of good flavor. John, John Mills is not here, so I have to ask in his stead, is this a long mowing beer, Josh? Yeah, it's definitely on the lighter side. I mean, I would be very surprised if this is over like 5.5% alcohol, which is another thing which makes me think that it's, you know, a European beer. I think this is a German Pilsner. I think it's like a standard European German Pilsner. It's got the color, it's got the flavors of it, and it's pretty freaking fantastic. I'm going to drink a bunch of them. Yeah. So it's really good. Yeah. So like as always, we will reveal what this is next week. But the reason why this is my EPL beer. So Steven and David and Kevin have all explained why they have their club. So Steven got his club and I felt left out. <laughs> I was <laughs> like, okay, I need a club. To be fair, I think you submitted a request too, and it just didn't get. No, did no, you not? I actually, okay, I actually did. I was, I was thinking about it, but I actually, I never because actually you thought, did. Thought surely they're not going to pick mine out. Just yeah. like, <laughs> eh, why do I want to do this? Why do I want to go through this process? And I look, and seriously, like I looked at the question, and I was like, I mean, I don't really know how to answer these type of questions because some of them, are like, well, it depends on the situation. I was like, yeah, whatever. And so Stephen got his club, and it was like, oh, crap, okay. I need to have a club now. And so we all got together and I was like, how can we pick, how can we pick out a club for Josh? And I think it was Dave. I think Dave, I think it was you that was like, we should play beer pong. Well, I I think it was, honestly, I think it was Kevin that mentioned that. And then I was the one that connected, oh, there's 20 20 cups in beer pong and there's the 20 teams. teams in the Premier League. That yeah. sounds perfect. perfect. Why don't we just write the names of each team on the bottom of the cup, and then we'll, well, we'll just play beer pong, and whatever the last cup is, congratulations, Josh, and the, that's and, a team. And that's how it starts. So basically, I get a team every year blind, and it's we do it every at the first weekend. We get together. It's usually either between the first and the second game, or at halftime of the second game, mm-hmm. depending on when everybody shows up. And so we play, and honestly, like we have no idea. The, there's only, there are a couple rules. There have been some addendums that have been, <laughs> that have been added into, added into the laws. We have the Nashville Accords. There's a, there's a, now there's a Mommel Accord, I think. Mom, a Mommel addendum. Addendum. Yeah. <laughs> there was a, a death cup in there. Yeah. So, 
So the way it works is like Dave said, there there are 20 teams in the Premier League, and you play, you have 20 cups when you play beer pong. And we write the names on the bottom of the cups, and we split up teams with the four of us, and we play in whatever last cup is standing is the team that I chair for in the year. But there's one exception, and it's Chelsea. Because we cannot stand for anybody <laughs> cheering for Chelsea. No one wants Chelsea. And so if Chelsea happens to be the last cup that's hit, like the last cup on the table, we replay there. We play the match, which is actually never, it has never happened. Never happens. No. It has not happened in the six, what are we at, six years now? Oh, this? No, I, honestly, I think it's been more because I know I've hosted twice. So I have, I have three years, three years at West Ham, this- one, ham one at Watford, one at Crystal Palace, and one at Man. Man, you. So I think this it is, is the six sixth. because Kevin's hosted twice. You've I've hosted, hosted twice. Hosted twice yeah. And you I and I both once. hosted once. Yeah, I've only hosted once. Yeah. So this is this okay. is the sixth year of us doing this, and and so we just so I we play beer pong, and whatever last cup standing, unless it's Chelsea, is the team that I have this year to cheer for in the year. We have had an addendum. The Nashville addendum is that if I hit. If I have the same team two years in a row, the the next year that team has two cups, and then we add a death cup, which is a lick, which right. is a liquor cup into because the game. Because you have to take one out. To yeah, so we yeah. end up having twenty one. We end up having twenty two. You know, eleven aside, mm-hmm. and the death cup adds that in. And also, I think that was also in the Nashville. Nashville did him that if I get a team three years in a row, I think that was actually part of the original accords. It was yeah. Okay, if I get a team three years in a row, it's done. Look like at us talking, talking like this <laughs> like is we wrote super serious. <laughs> this is really no, this, important. No, this okay. is Dave. No, Dave. <laughs> this is serious shit. I'm sorry. This sorry. is super serious stuff sorry, right now, man. <laughs> and what was the what was the thing we added this year? I thought there was something we added this year. No, well, well, it was about bounce play. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There know, was there were the, the, there were a couple like. Things. But. Rule little plays, but the main the main thing is that you know I buy I I get a team and I cheer from there, usually buy a jersey for that team and it's just fun. Yep. You know, for me, you know, I love supporting whatever team comes across my way, except Chelsea, and I love especially last year because I ended up to at number four on the table, but it was a shitty year, so I didn't. So I, I, I want to put an asterisk. <laughs> On last year, because last year was you know, oh, yeah, big with right. COVID, yep. and so we couldn't get together to play beer pong. And so what oh, we yeah. did instead- Somebody decided to have a baby. Well, someone had a baby, someone had a pandemic, someone was in Nashville. That, that someone is not here to defend himself. So Yeah, that's why we make fun of him, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So Kevin had to step out. But anyway, we, we adjusted our plans because what also has 20 slots is a dartboard. Dartboard. Dart and so we all decided that we, you know, each would get a dartboard, whether we had one or found one or whatever. And we would throw a series of darts and just collect, you know, which wedges we hit and write down the number for each one. And then we added up yeah. uh, for each wedge, you know, whether it was, you know, we hit 25 times or we hit 12, three times. And so we just added that up amongst the four of us. So no one person could throw the game yeah, right. could determine his team but not not like any of us are really good dart players that we could have actually done that. Or, or or even just lied well, you know? yeah. yeah conceivably i could say you know i hit you know 19 <laughs> all 10 times or whatever i hit trip 20s you're a liar you're right right <laughs> and so 
to to add an extra bit of randomness to it. Once we had added up all these numbers, once we had decided, okay, this wedge is the winning wedge, we added a rotation to it. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so my daughter picked a number out of a hat. And that number was between one and twenty. And then we rotated the board live on the Zoom call. Yep. And yep. wherever as, as most things during COVID are <laughs> right to live on a Zoom call. In a pandemic. <laughs> and you know, whatever number was top after that rotation, that was the team. And we, we had labeled each wedge with a different team. And when we rotated the board uh, based whichever, on that which, factor. Yeah, whichever one was hit the most, that right. one ended up being that one ended up being the team. Because we we right. had it we had it set to where we each wedge each number wedge was a team in alphabetical mm-hmm. order. Right. Ava right. Ava picked the number. Right. And so Steve had rotated everything, mm-hmm. rotated the, the dartboard that however many numbers, and then whatever one everybody hit the most, that was where that wedge, wherever it was wherever after it we pointed, swing it, yeah. was, was my team, yeah. which I think was, was a genius way to end up yeah. doing and that, it, by it, the way. It was a colossally complicated thing, but it was really fun to work out and execute, especially yeah. when we couldn't be together to do, to do something. So it was. It, was, it was a great excuse to get on a call. It was a good time, but it was a terribly. It was a bad system because <laughs> Josh, instead of winding up with a team that finished in the bottom half of the table, I ended up at the top. Finished in like second place or something like that. Fourth. fourth. Was it fourth? Fourth. Yeah, yeah we moved he it to fourth. He was up there for a bit. I it, took, it doesn't yeah, matter. Like, I took a he, team from middle of the table to the top. That was one of the top six teams. It was not. It and was, they, not cool. uh, they are now in Champions League. They, right. You are very welcome. Man United fans. You can talk them all you talk them up all you want, yeah, but they're not your again. team. They're not my team anymore. But my point is, so every other year I've had middle middle of the table team, standard middle of the table teams, not power six team. Yeah. And they've floated around the middle to, you know, bottom third. But the one time that I've gotten a power six team, they've gone back to the Champions League after not being there. And after having two very hitty seasons before. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> they uh, they got me and they got it together and now they're in the Champions League and what they won four one this morning. Yeah. I'm sure they'll and all point to your influence. No, it's total, in once they figure it out, they're gonna point at me. To be fair, to be fair, you have been. To be fair, you have been relatively measured about your success last season. It was it a pandemic. It was a rough year. But, for everybody, especially Arsenal fans. But oh, had to, it's, again, I wish we could like, mute his <laughs> microphone or something. He's just taking pot shots at me because Kevin's can. not here. And it's so easy because you're an Arsenal fan and they're it's not true. great. It's, for comparison, when Everton won the first two or three games of the season last year, I, I was texting everybody like, we're going to win the league. We're going to win the league. And yeah, we finished in 10th. <laughs> Yeah. Well, at least the the nice part about being an Arsenal fan is they can go on a run of like ten unbeaten, and the the in instilled pessimism is like that's probably it. We're not gonna. Yeah. We're not gonna last. We're like, done. I yeah. understand that we have we're sitting fourth in the table, but we're probably gonna get relegated. Like, well, that's yeah. the thing. We were sitting at second at Christmas. Yeah, like, we you guys were. That was and fell apart. Couldn't win a game at home. It yep. was it was, it was embarrassing as well. Tough to to. Uh, well, no, I'm not. I'm it not was gonna lie. It was it was kind of <laughs> it gratifying was very nice to, to watch, watch to watch them go 
right up to the top and then just kind of fall and we're like, ah, it happens to everyone. It was a good distraction for him as my team slowly passed his and pushed his yeah. down oh, the was, table. That definitely happens. <laughs> is, is this the shit talking part of the podcast? Yes. I mean, I think, I think that was the entire time because you poured in a groany. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, that's my fault. I take, uh, no, but it's your take. I mean, it, but that. here's the thing, you know, even though we don't like it, it's your drink. It's what reminds you of your club, and that's that's the important thing about it. Yeah. And, you know, no matter whether good, bad, or relegated they are, that's your <laughs> drink for them. <laughs> oh, my goodness. But anyway, so, okay, so we played beer pong this morning. And yeah. so this, this, this podcast is actually going to come out two weeks after the opening season, opening weekend. And so, boys... Why don't and, you tell everybody? And for those of you that are complaining like, hey, it's two weeks after, why couldn't you do it the weekend up? Calm, calm down. This podcast takes a lot of work. <laughs> it's John Mills. That's why. Yeah. He'll probably we, we've edit that We've got to modulate. To throw the guy under the bus. It's not here. Yeah. Well, I mean, we, yeah. But, you know, we like to keep ahead because, I mean, my dad likes to travel, so we like to try and stay ahead of, of things for him. So when he goes away, it's not all stuck on me who still has a full-time job. But anyway, <laughs> so boys, um, you guys can decide if you want to live. We played beer pong this morning, and um, we're going to go ahead and reveal who the club that I'm going to be cheering for so, again this year is. For the 2021-22 season, Josh will be cheering for West Ham. Woo-hoo! This is my third year to cheer for West Ham, not in a row. This is the third time in six years that I've had West Ham, and I'm very excited to be back on the Hammers crew and cheering for the Bubbles. Yep, it's it's fun. Although we have to say, part of the uh, the Nashville Accords, or no, Nashville Addendum, the Little Rock Accord. Yeah. No, what? I don't know. I don't know. I, we've lost track at this point. <laughs> the Accords is that if Josh draws the same team three yeah. years in a row, uh, which is highly unlikely for all you statistics nerds out there. That is his team permanently. Forever. Forever and ever and ever, period, statement, amen. This is with with the draw this week, uh, or this year, I should say. Um, it is his third, but not consecutive. So he's still, if you have any like Manchester United fans, um, or still, Palace still up fans there. out there, Next year he'll be able to. He's still a free agent. I'm still I, next year for the you know for the next foreseeable future. I am a West Ham fan until a year from now, and I and the cups get lined up again. Yep. You know, hopefully, you know, hopefully they'll stay up and do do better than they did last year because they were <laughs> they were bogged last year. Yeah, I'm still shocked that we you know we've done this six times now, and fully half the times I have gotten West Ham. We have gotten West, West Ham United. Yep. The, I mean, the, there's 20 cups. <laughs> it's the and there's been like the odds are pretty staggering. There's probably there's probably been, uh, there's probably been 28 to 32 different teams that have been on those cups in the mm-hmm. six years. Just because of just because the relegation, relegation. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And I've gotten West Ham has landed three. You know, half half the years, but not consecutively. So, I'm still a free agent. Yep. At the end of the, I'm still on a one year contract. <laughs> there you go. 
Well, guys, this has been absolutely fantastic. I am. It's been really. This fun. has been so much fun, and I really appreciate you guys coming on and, and chatting and and hanging with me. So once again, I've had my friends Dave, Stephen, and Kevin on the podcast this week, and it's been a really fun kind of step back from the normal thing that we do here. But next week we're gonna we're gonna be back in it. Uh, we're gonna be doing a liquor podcast, and the podcast is gonna be on rye whiskey and i am super excited i am extremely excited about next week's podcast because i love absolutely love rye whiskeys my dad is going to be doing the angels envy rye finished whiskey which is a super great rye whiskey and i'm going to be doing the michter's rye uh whiskey as well so dad's going to be doing the angels envy rye i'm going to be doing the michter's rye it's going to be a great time and once again we always appreciate that you guys stay here and listen to us babble along and you know for those of you who have made it to this point thank you very much i know this has been a very <laughs> different podcast but i appreciate we appreciate you guys being here and being supportive of us once again always follow us on the socials we are on facebook twitter and instagram most active on instagram we're acquired tastings on instagram we're acquired tastings on facebook we are acquired tasting on twitter and Follow us on any of your favorite podcast platforms. We love for you to give us a like, a comment, a follow, stars, whatever your platform does. We'd love to hear from you. Feel free to reach out to us on email, acquiredtastings at gmail.com. So once again, thanks. Thank you very much. And I am Josh Mills, and we'll see you next time.